From Outside Magazine, this is the Outside Podcast. You've reached Michael Roberts. Please leave me a message and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Thanks so much. Mike, it's me, Patio. Okay, so I just got off the horn with uh, Vigo and man, that guy awesome to talk to. Uh, also, he totally gets Rick Stanton. He totally understands cave diving and what makes Rick tick and what makes him able to do this incredible rescue, which is insane because it seems bonkers to everybody else. So it's almost like relatable in some sense. Oh, and get this. He was sporting a mustache that rivaled mine, so that made my Friday. Uh, Okay, anyways, sorry, man. I know that you're on a plane, uh, on vacation with your family. I hope you have a wonderful time. I will talk to you later. Uh, Okie dokie. Love you, buddy. We're rolling. Terrific. Thanks, guys. Hey, Patty, just stand by one second. Thank you. This is me at the start of a very fancy Hollywood press junket Zoom call, waiting for the tech engineers to get Vigo Mortensen set up all dialed. Patty, welcome. If you could just say your name and outlet for us and then go ahead. Yeah, my name is Patty O'Connell, but you can call me Patty O. I'm with Outside Magazine. All right, okay. go ahead. Right on. Vigo, how are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. Listen, I'm sure that you are doing a ton of these interviews, but uh, I'm pretty excited because I am hoping that this is going to be a lot different. So, Hunky Tinseltown leading man Viga Mortensen is famous for his ability to transform himself into adventurous characters, including, of course, Aragorn, the sword-wielding hero of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And as it turns out, this isn't much of a stretch for him. Are you a searcher? Are you an adventurer? Yeah, I've always been a running away from home kind of person. Even <laughs> as a baby, I twice crawled out of my crib and my parents had to go looking for me for hours. And so I always like to run away. But I mean, I come back home. You know, <laughs> but I, So far, I've been able to come back home. When I was 10, even I would I'm, one time left a note saying I'm running away for the weekend. And I took whatever, some hot dogs out of the fridge and I don't know what, a Coke and, you know, got on my little uh, Stingray bike and with my buddies and we had planned this all week and we left school and we went out outside of the town and out with a tent and stuff and camped out. And it was sort of late winter, early spring, so it was kind of warm and we had, you know, jeans and T-shirts. And then that night, as happens sometimes in the Northeast, suddenly the temperature dropped like 35, 40. Oh, yeah. It was snowing. (laughs) You were like, oh, my God. But uh, we did make it home. So you were kind of like, oh, you know, I want to be like Huckleberry Finn, but like kind of like a weekender Huckleberry Finn. (laughs) Yeah. No, I like to go on adventures. And as an adult, I still do it. You know, suddenly my girlfriend will turn around and say where where did he go and then i come back a little while later she's where'd you go i said i went for a walk you know i just wanted to go do something yeah i mean i have that in my nature and i like to you know i figure life is short and i want to see the world and and see what i can do in the world vigo has played a number of memorable characters over the course of his career in films like captain fantastic green book and eastern promises but we are not here to talk about any of that 
We are here to talk about cave diving, as in scuba diving for miles and miles and miles in deep, flooded holes in the earth. In the new Ron Howard film, 13 Lives, Vigo takes on the role of Rick Stanton, a 61-year-old real-life cave diving badass. I didn't know anything about it. I started talking, doing Zooms with Rick Stanton, the guy I played. Yeah. And he would tell me these things and showed me pictures. I was like, so how did you guys do this? And why did you do this? And some of the harrowing things he was describing, you know, retrieving dead bodies and also just exploration. I said, so you do this for fun. You go into situations (laughs) that are just horrifying and going into caves like kilometers and kilometers that are unexplored um, where you don't know what, if you're going to come out at all, you don't know if there's going to be a chamber that you you can, you know, get out of the water at all for maybe for miles. And I said, so you do this for, you willingly go into these situations, you know? And he said, yeah, you know, like people dive out of planes or people climb mountains and do all these things. And I said, yeah, well, I've always thought that people dive diving out of a perfectly well-functioning airplane was insane. I've never done that. But uh, I certainly admire the people, the real-life people that 13 Lives is based on. It's incredible what they did. There were many individual feats of bravery and self-sacrifice and courage with no guarantee that it would work or that they would survive. 13 Lives recounts the seemingly impossible Thai cave rescue that captivated the world in the summer of 2018. Let me jog your memory. In northern Thailand, over the course of 18 days, the Thai military and first responders, along with thousands of volunteers, including more than 100 divers, worked to save 12 boys and their soccer coach who were stranded miles into a flooded cave. The rescue was so preposterous and incredible that even the best screenwriters could not have dreamt it up, especially considering that at the center of the twisting drama were real-life action movie heroes, a bunch of scruffy, geeky, middle-aged dudes from England who spend their weekends cave diving. These guys are the biggest nerds in the world. Yeah. <laughs> and at the same time, they're all like evil Knievel. They're, yeah. It's a weird combination. You know, Rick told me lots of stories. Mm-hmm. He has this, like a motorcycle inner tube on his back. That's his flotation device. <laughs> and it's very odd. And then it's yeah. like 25 years, 30 years of rigging stuff. And, you know, he's sovers. like building his own rebreather on his lathe at home. Yeah. Which is oh, just- yeah. And then going into the deepest parts of the earth underwater with it. It's just insane. And just his harness is all homemade with different bits and pieces over the years. He, he's like, oh, that didn't work. That almost right. me. So I better change that <laughs> for the next dive. <laughs> and this, this is homemade stuff that's yeah. very particular, but he knows what works for him. And, and I'd rather make it myself and test it myself rather than get some store-bought thing that doesn't doesn't work and which is incredible i think i i consider myself like a pretty apt outdoors human you know but i think the only thing i trust myself to make at home is a sandwich like i'm not trying to like make my own ski boots or something you know before taking on any role vigo famously spends months doing obsessive research but becoming Rick Stanton was a unique challenge because Rick Stanton is kinda inhuman. Before he was at the center of the Thai cave rescue, Rick was already considered the greatest cave diver in the world. He has been the first to explore new passages in the deepest caves on the planet, like the Cheve Cave in Mexico, and has reached record-setting depths. 
He's also completed multiple successful rescues and been called on to retrieve bodies in caves around the world. When it comes to the task of, of cave diving, nobody is more focused and more uh, well-prepared to deal with the unknown than, than he is. And just in general, from the cave diving community, there is such respect for Rick. He's kind of like this Zen master of this discipline. Everybody knows who he is. Yeah. Everybody knows who John Valentin is. Everybody knows who yeah. Jason Mallinson is. Yeah. They're called into emergency situations by governments in different parts of the world frequently to retrieve people, retrieve bodies. But they, they really love the exploration aspect of it. Think of people who want to summit mountains that have never been climbed. It's like space exploration, but it's inside the earth. You know? Right. Yeah. The unknown. And I think it's tell me it can't be done and I want to figure out a way to do it kind of attitude. They dive way, way into these places that there's no guarantee they're going to get out. But they love that, that challenge. When he first read the script for 13 Lives, Vigo was drawn to Rick's complexity. I mean, what in the hell drives somebody to dive into a sunken dark hole in the ground, for crying out loud? But Vigo was also captivated by the complexity of the rescue. The main thing that interested me was the collective bravery and the selflessness of, of the endeavor. It's rare and extremely welcome to see something like that happen, where people come together. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like all these people from around the world, thousands of people in Thailand, they just said, okay, this is the right thing to do. We're going to do this for the common good. Is that what attracted you to this story? Yeah, that was the main thing, <clears throat> coupled with the opportunity to work for Ron Howard, who's a great director. I knew he would tell this story well, this this amazing yeah. story. I mean, almost too amazing to be true. And to tell an unbelievable story filled with astounding people, you'd need an actor as committed to rigorous character research as Vigo is. To become a Russian mobster in Eastern Promises he traveled to Russia to read Russian novels in Russian and somehow obtained prison worry beads made from melted-down cigarette lighters. Vigo got so good at sword fighting for Lord of the Rings that legendary stunt coordinator Bob Anderson, a former Olympic fencer and Hollywood fight choreographer for 50 years, said he was the best swordsman he'd ever trained. This is the same precision Vigo applied to studying Rick Stanton. Before filming for 13 Lives began in Australia in the spring of 2021, Vigo spent close to five months talking to Rick over Zoom, getting to know him and understanding his quirks, even the slight variations of Rick's speech. He's from Essex originally, but he's been living for years in Coventry, so it's a sort of blended accent. Vigo read an advanced copy of Rick's 2022 book, Aquanaut, the inside story of the Thai cave rescue. All this time, all this research, led Vigo to uncover what is at Rick's core and what drove him during the rescue. There's a certain curtness. He's not a man of a lot of words. He's a man of... He does things rather than talks about them. But he doesn't jump into a situation. He's not going to go in if he doesn't think he can get out. Right. And right. even if there's 12 kids in there, it doesn't matter to him. If he's thinking that he's not going to get out, he's not going to go in. So he's very blunt. 
almost to the point of being rude, just very direct. The way <clears throat> I behave in the movie, it's kind of like him in a way. He's trying to be like him. He's someone who at first seems kind of gruff and say, you know, this right. is bullshit, bullshit. This is impossible. You're all celebrating. You're celebrating nothing. You don't know what you're talking about. We're not going to be able to get these kids out. There's just no way. And he's kind of weighing whether he's going to accept the challenge of going to hell. Right. In a situation that seems chaotic. And he says, I don't even like kids, you know? Yeah. And he's sort of joking, but he's not. It's like this tough love. But you realize by the end, he cares as much or more than anyone yeah. else about yeah. his kids. But he's, he's actually a very kind, generous... He'd probably hate me saying this. He's an extremely sensitive person. Vigo's assessment of Rick is spot on. But don't take it from me. Take it from Rick himself. When I spoke to him about it, he 100% agreed. I am confident, but Kaz, not, that's, not in a, that's not like overly confident. I'm not, in a, uh, I'm not falsely confident. It's just like, I, I think I'm very sensitive to people's feelings. Or yeah. I can be. I don't know. Sometimes I choose to ignore them, but I can be, <laughs> should I? So I, I can be, should I wish to. If you're thinking that cave divers seem like superhuman daredevils while also thinking... It's absurd that a handful of nearly 60-year-old Brits were the action stars of this tale. Well, Rick agrees with that, too. How preposterous was it that there was a 57-year-old man flown out from England <laughs> to take part in this rescue? These four middle-aged men wandering around with all this equipment and you know, being the heroes of the day... It does seem a bit far-fetched. And when it comes to actually bringing this far-fetched rescue to the silver screen, Zoom calls and reading a book can only get you so far. What was it really like in that cave? What did it all look and feel like? To find out, eventually, Vigo had to dive into a cave himself. We are underwater, we are in tight spaces, and Something goes wrong when you're underwater. It goes really wrong. A, a few seconds and you're done. It doesn't yeah. matter if there's a guy that's 20 feet away that could swim to you. That is coming up after the break. You cannot see a thing. There is absolutely zero light in the cave. The water was a, a re, hugely opaque. The current was hugely strong. You could not swim against it. Cave diving expert Rick Stanton is describing the impossible conditions inside the flooded Tom Luang Cave during the famed rescue of 12 boys and their soccer coach. You had to pull yourself along the floor. You couldn't see the floor. You would just sort of dig your hands into your fingers into the sediment and pull yourself along. We had no idea what we were going to come across, hoping to find them alive, but also stealing ourselves that they might not be and therefore you're swimming in water where you cannot see anything and you're going to bump into 13 uh, lifeless bodies floating around when we first found them they were all alive they're all ambulant they're all fine it was relief really relief that they that we relief for us not for them relief that we didn't have to encounter them in that in that state uh, and, then, and then of course joy that they were alive and relief for them did it feel like you were actually the furthest away from rescuing them that you had been even before entering the cave most people you know when, when we found the boys thought that was it that was the rescue and of course it, that wasn't at all it was it was the start of, of the rescue of which at that point when we found them we had no idea 
how to bring them out. We thought there were lots of things when we came out from that, you know, we thought if it rained, if the rains really came that night or the next few days, no one would go back there and we would be the only people to have seen them alive. People were looking at us. We felt that responsibility because we were the experts in that field. We certainly didn't feel despair. It was like, we need to crack on and find a way of solving this. The ability of Rick and the other divers to perform in a chaotic situation under enormous emotional pressure is all the more remarkable when you consider the extreme physical challenges they were facing in Thailand. The Tam Luang Cave is nearly six and a half miles of narrow tunnels and chambers that weave into the Doi Nong Nan Mountains. When the 12 boys and their soccer coach entered the cave in mid-June 2018, unexpected monsoon rains fell without warning and flooded the cave with millions of gallons of water. The tunnels transformed into whitewater rivers in a matter of moments. Thai Navy SEALs led the initial rescue effort and thousands of volunteers from all over Thailand and a handful of other countries set up pumps, constructed dams, and tried to divert water any way they could. But the SEALs had little to no experience diving in flooded cave systems. That's when Rick and his expert, albeit odd, team of divers were called in. You know, there's British phrase, men in sheds, people that spend their time in sheds making things or inventing <laughs> things. It's all geeky men in sheds come forward and save the day. For me in caving, it's about, can I do this? I, like, I want to do this. How can I do this? So, you know, we, we haven't just sat on our laurels. We go bigger, deeper dives, whatever. So it's just... A, how can I do this? What do I need? What do I need to do my, with my equipment? You know, it's matching the equipment to the cave. If it isn't available, or maybe even design it or invent it or make it or something like that. I'm not a very good teacher showing Vigo how, how you know, our equipment and, and uh, how we move in the water and how to sort of look like you've amassed 40 years of cave diving experience. And of course, that is surely the art of an actor is being able to take direction and do it immediately. Uh, and, you know, that is their craft, to be able to mimic what they see, acting on his incredible, all of them are acting on their incredible acting skills. It's got to feel pretty good that the guy playing you has been nominated for Best Actor, you know, three times, and who just so happens to be, like, incredibly handsome. I bet that felt pretty good. <laughs> well, it's not going, to do, not going to do me any harm, is it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Rick and Vigo spent months as cave diving teacher and student for 13 Lives, and they both say they became friends. This helped Vigo bring sharp accuracy to his portrayal, not just to Rick's personality, but also his movements. The way he walks, the way he puts on his equipment, uh, the way he presents himself to others. It was just watching him and seeing what he does. He has a very particular style. Mm -hmm. Underwater, especially, you know, like the finning, for example, it's kind of counterintuitive, but the frog the, the, kick yeah but it's not the normal kind it's yeah you're pushing water rather than back or down right back and down so you can get propulsion without stirring up the sediment being able to pick up minute details like proper flipper technique only comes after you've had your own cave diving experience which vigo was keen to have sort of Months before filming was set to begin in Australia, he was at home in Spain when Rick offered to arrange a cave diving opportunity for him with some Spanish friends. Vigo, who had gotten his open water scuba certification for a single scene in the 1997 film G.I. Jane that was eventually cut, and who was ever the committed method actor, immediately agreed. 
Then he entered the cave and freaked out. The first day we just walked, you know, a long way. I don't know how many mm-hmm. kilometers into these caves. Very narrow, very, and there's some water, some places not, some drop-offs. Uh, these gorges inside the mountain. I just kept feeling like, whoa, don't, aren't they worried that the roof's going to fall in? I mean, yeah. yeah. And then we get to this rock wall. I said, so that's just, this is the end of the line. And they goes, no, this is just the beginning. I go, what are you talking about? They said, well, if you dive down about 20 feet, then there's a hole in this wall. Oh, you need lights because it's dark. And, uh, and then you go into the hole. I go, well, where does that go? And he goes, well, it's a long, narrow thing. And then you eventually come out in a chamber. I said, okay, that's for sure. He goes, yeah. I said, he goes, do you want to do it? I said, no, absolutely not. Yeah. I said, I just wanted to see what it looked like. <laughs> and then the next day we came back, went to another one that was similar, a little bit longer. And I said, okay, I'll do it. And so we got the equipment on and I, I'll follow you guys if you think it's safe. He goes, well, it's all relative. I'm like, yeah. And so it's <laughs> so like, I mean, life, they said life is a risk. And I said, that's true. Okay. <clears throat> and yeah, I, but actually, there's a big difference between like going down to the corner store for some extra milk, right? And maybe twisting your ankle off of a curb and like getting into a cave. And then you're like, well, now it's time to go underwater. It's not just like life yeah. is relative moment, right? Yeah. No. And they said, just, just stay calm and just <clears throat> do what we do. And I don't and think don't about how go. terrifying this actually is. And don't ever let go of the line because once we start kicking right. up the sediment, it'll get right there'll be no visibility. And if you go off into some other part of the, you, you know, we may not find you. And I said, okay, I won't let totally go. I won't love. let go of the line. And so the rock was the same, the conditions, the tight spots, the current, all that. And so it was a good um, warm up, a good taste of it. Though the film set created in Australia had to accommodate space for underwater cinematographers, director Ron Howard and crew perfectly recreated cave sections that Rick and his fellow rescuers said were the most difficult. Rick, who was at the film shoot as technical advisor, worked with designers, cinematographers, and the film's dive supervisor to ensure the cave and the rescue were depicted as accurate as if it had been filmed in Tom Luang, which was an impossibility due to the pandemic. But even for a well-studied Viggo Mortensen, the caves on the set were terrifying. The set designer in charge described it as an underwater haunted house. There were times where we were, it was so narrow that it was like, how, do, how does this, you know, and then I said, Rick, well, I can't get through there. He goes, yes, you can. Think about it. How would you do it? I said, well, I would have to take my tanks off, push them through first. He goes, exactly. And I said, okay. That sounds awful. <laughs> so we did that. And then it was whatever nervousness you have about your own safety under there. And figure out, okay, I can put the tank through, I can wiggle through, and then I can get the tanks back on and then keep going. <laughs> that made it times 10. The nerve, you know, the the anxiety you have about, okay, I got to breathe easy. I don't want to use up all my oxygen, so I got to be calm. Uh, yikes. But it is this granular and terrifying attention to detail that makes 13 lives and Vigo's portrayal a triumph. Even the unshakable, never impressed by anything, Rick Stanton was amazed by the movie magic. In the sets and in the caves and in the training tanks, they do look like 
the, you know, the diving scenes do look like they're professional cave divers. What this means for anyone watching 13 Lives is that Vigo Mortensen really does transform into Rick Stanton, the world's greatest cave diver, a man who feels the hefty yoke of moral obligation and the burden of responsibility to save 13 souls stranded in a cave chamber miles under a mountain. Even though what he does seems insane, and I think it is a little bit, I wasn't going to listen to anyone else other than him. It's like, right. how do I do this and not get in trouble? When they need someone and they really can't figure it out or they can't get someone out, he's one of the guys that they first go to because he's the best. Right. He knows how to do it. He knows how to get it in and out of impossible, seemingly impossible situations. If you manage to stay calm and get through it, it's like, well, I would have never done that if it hadn't been for the situation, but I'm right. glad I did because I learned something and I learned something about myself that I could get through it. My admiration for Rick Stanton and, and the other guys that did this with him, I mean, I can't say enough about him. Vigo, it looks like that is our time right now. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to chat with me. Uh, it's a great movie. You do a wonderful job, as always. And from one mustache to another, that's a bitch and lip caterpillar you got there, my man. Thank you. <laughs> right on. Have a great Good day. Luck. Stay Thanks, safe. Man. Yeah, you too. <laughs> and cut. Howdy. You've reached Patty O. Please leave me a message, and I'll get back with you. Thanks. Hey, Patty, it's me. Um, so I, I forgot to record an outro for this episode before heading out for a vacation. Uh, that means I, I need you to do it. So here's what you got to do. First, let everyone know that they can watch 13 Lives now on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, make sure to tell them that Rick Stanton's book is Aquanaut, the inside story of the Thai cave rescue. Uh, and then lastly, don't, don't forget O+. Um, here's how that goes. The Outside Podcast is made possible by our O-Plus members. Learn more about all the benefits of membership at outsideonline.com slash podplus. We're offering new members a 25% discount. Just enter the code POD25 at checkout. And that's it. I really appreciate it, man. Uh, and great job with Vigo. This came together so, so well. And now I'm taking my boy snorkeling in a little bay to look at creepy horseshoe crabs. See ya!